0: Hello and welcome to this message from Calvary Albuquerque. Today, our special guest speaker is Franklin Graham, president and CEO of Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Franklin also oversees Operation Christmas Child, a program that has distributed over 100 million shoebox gifts to children who need to see the love of Christ. We pray that God uses this message to encourage you to reach out to others in the name of Jesus. If so, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at mystory at calvaryabq.org. And if you'd like to support this ministry financially, you can give online securely at calvaryabq.org slash giving. So let's join this special service from Calvary Albuquerque with Franklin Graham.
1: Good morning. It is uh, great to be with you. I love coming to this church. And uh, this year I want to thank every one of you that packed a a shoebox. Every box uh, makes a difference. Every box is is an opportunity to touch a child and to tell that child about God's Son, Jesus Christ, and the fact that Jesus Christ took our sins to the cross, died in our place, that God raised him to life. And I want the children of the world to know. Uh, that God loves them, he hasn't forgotten them. And we take these boxes to some pretty tough areas. Uh, we're distributing some boxes this year in Europe, uh, to some of these refugee children that are, that are coming into the country. What's difficult about that, these people are moving quickly. And, uh, so it's hard to, to, to get to them. And, uh, we've got, we, we meet them on the shore in Greece when they come off the boats. Uh, the, the UN has these, uh, camps that they go to where they process them but they don't stay there long and so uh but we found a couple places in Germany where we can uh, where they're staying now longer and we can have an impact with those kids and uh so some of the shoeboxes will end up with those children but we like to go to the areas of the world that have very little hope and uh and give these boxes uh we go to places like uh trash dumps Uh, where kids live in trash dumps. I was there last year in Ecuador. And children live in trash dumps. And to give out a box and you see the smile and the joy and to be able to tell them about God's love is incredible. And the most important thing, remember, about every box is we ask people to pray. Pray for your box. Uh, Because I have no clue where it goes, but God knows. And pray for the child that will uh, get your box, that God will use that gift to touch that child's life. For his son Jesus Christ, we got some great stories we 're always getting we got tons of stories from kids uh, One was a little girl up in northern part of Lebanon near the Syrian border and the the, the church uh, she got a box, and she was so grateful and so thankful and then we um, uh, invited these children to take the greatest journey, which is a 12-week discipleship course. And so she was so excited, and there was a bunch of kids that were coming to this uh, discipleship course that we offer after the shoeboxes, and Isis threatened to kill the children. And so they didn't come, except this one girl. She was determined she was not going to live in fear, and she wanted to finish the course, and she finished and uh, the whole church gave a great celebration for this one little girl who wasn't, who was not afraid, who would stand up, and uh, who completed the course. Well, there's two um, men in uh, Tunisia. Uh, one got uh, one little kid got a box, and in that box was a Bible, and it was in English. And the little kid wanted to practice his English. The father saw the Bible, took the the Bible away. These were a Muslim family, took the Bible away, and. Uh, he secretly read the Bible. Well, he got saved. Uh, he gave it to his brother, and uh, his brother got saved. Uh, now, this is a Muslim family. They have more than one wife, um, and uh, the wives got saved. And now, uh, God has to sort all that stuff out. I don't do that, but uh, but anyhow, it's just it's just amazing to see the power. Uh, these boxes, being able to take the gospel uh, to areas of the world where we would never be able to go and preach. But yet God uses these boxes to touch people's lives. So thank you for your help. Thank you for your support. Uh, we just uh, always amazed at what God does. I want to look at a passage of Scripture this morning. I'm going to be looking in Genesis. Um, but before I get to that uh, text, you know, our world is in a mess, isn't it? Um, Turkey shooting down a Russian plane. Uh, I was with President Putin back about uh, three weeks ago in Moscow. I don't think I'd want to make that guy mad. Um, And he's not happy right now with Turkey. Um, We saw the massacre in Paris. Um, Just uh, incredible. We see the rise of ISIS around the world. Um, And everywhere you look, it just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of hope and that the world just gets deeper and deeper and deeper into a a hole. And you see, we've turned our back on God, uh, not just only this nation, but many nations around the world, and our our world is in trouble. And I believe that uh, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is near. Jesus said he was coming back, and uh, he also gave signs that we should be looking for, and I believe we are close to his return. And so for us as believers, I think this is probably the most exciting period of history to to live in. Uh, As we see God um, uh, at work, uh, things are changing in the world, and at the same time the need for the gospel is greater now than ever. But God is going to judge sin. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of God's glory, that the wages of sin is death. Uh, that's the penalty. God, The whole human race is under a death sentence because we have sinned. But yet God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but should have everlasting life. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, from this... From heaven to this earth to take our sins, where he died on the cross, shed his blood, where he was buried for our sins. But on the third day, God raised him to life. And if you're here this morning and you're not sure that your sins are forgiven, if you're not sure where you stand before a holy God, I'm going to give you an opportunity at the close of this service uh, to give your heart to Christ, to have your sins forgiven, and to know without any doubt that you're on the way to heaven, that one day you'll be welcome into God's presence. Because you accepted Christ into your heart this morning. So you get ready to come. I'm going to invite you in just a few minutes uh, to come stand here and we'll have a word of prayer together. But I want to look at a passage of Scripture. Um, and we're going to be looking at uh, chapter uh, Genesis chapter 13. But before I do that, I want to look at just one verse in Luke 17. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking and buying and selling, planting and building But on the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down. It will be just like this on the day that the Son of Man is revealed. And then in verse 32, remember Lot's wife, Jesus said. Well, in Genesis chapter 13, let's just take a a look at uh, what uh, was happening with Lot and Abraham. You see, Abraham and Lot had come up out of Egypt. It says in verse 1, To the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock, silver, and gold. From the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai where his tent had been earlier. And he had built an altar there, and Abraham called the name of the Lord at that place. Now, Lot who was moving about with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were too, so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abraham's herdsmen and the herdsmen of Lot. The Canaanites and the Perizzites also were living in the land at that time. So Abraham said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herdsmen and mine, for we're brothers Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. So Lot looked up, and he saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards Zor. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan, and he set out toward these. The two men parted company. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan. While Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. How many of you um, make a decision that's not a good one? And it leads to another decision that's not a good one. And you find yourself kind of and you're kind of going down. And it just seems like things start to unravel. I think all of us have maybe have been at a place like that in life. Well, this is um decision number one for Lot, which was not a good decision, to go down to Sodom and Gomorrah and to pitch his tent, and because these people lived and acted wickedly. And we see in the next chapter that uh things got a little worse. Sodom and Gomorrah went to war and uh he got captured and he's drug off north of Damascus, and so Abraham, with three hundred and eighteen of his men from his household, go and they kill these people that had taken him captive and free the people of Sodom, free Lot, and uh he comes back. Now, instead of saying, Hey, man, uncle you know, Uncle Abe, thanks a lot. You know, I really appreciate you saving my bacon here. I think I'm going to live somewhere else. This is not this has not been a good decision for me. No, he goes back to Sodom, and he goes right back, and now he doesn't pitch his tents near. He actually moves into town with these wicked, evil people. And now their sins are so great that God sends two angels to destroy Sodom. Destroy it. But he goes in, these angels come into town, and Lot is there at the gate, and he sees these two men, and he suspects that these are men of God. And he says, come stay at my house tonight. They said, no, we'll stay in this square. He said, no, it's, it's not safe out here. You come stay with me at my place. So as soon as the angels come inside, the whole town comes around, and they want these strangers, these men that have just come to town, and they want to bring them out so they can have sex with them. All of the men of the town wanted to have sex with these men. And so the, God blinds the eyes of, of the town. They cannot find the house. They can't find the door. And then... Uh, The angels tell Lot, get out of here, because God is going to rain down fire. He's going to destroy this city because of their sin. Take your family and go. So Lot tells his son-in-laws. His son-in-laws laugh at him. (laughs) Thought he was joking. you got to be kidding. And then he takes his wife and he takes his two daughters, and he starts to head out, but he's now a little slow. And the angels just take him by the hand and just drag them out of town. Go to the hills. Run, because we cannot destroy this city until you are safe in the hills. He said, I may I may die up in those hills. There's a little town over here, Zor. Can I go to Zor and be safe there? Okay, go to Zor, but we cannot destroy this city till you're in Zor. And Jesus said, remember... Lot's wife. There are many articles that are written about Armageddon. And uh, Armageddon is uh, the plain of Jezreel. It's between Samaria, the hills of Samaria, and the hills of Galilee. And uh, to the east is the Jordan River. To the west uh, is the Mediterranean. And many people uh, believe the Bible teaches that this is where the last... A battle on earth will take place at Armageddon. And then uh, the Bible uh, says that the Lord Jesus will will return. Uh, The Bible says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The heavens will be destroyed with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid waste. And Jesus tells us to remember Lot's wife. They went with Abraham to Egypt. She lived in Abraham's tent. She saw the great wonders and, and God working in Abraham's life. Um, and Abraham and, of course, Lot became very rich. And affluency is, can be very dangerous. And many times affluency brings spiritual poverty. The Bible says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And the Bible says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Lot and Abraham became wealthy. They part their ways. Abraham gives Lot the choice. You can go to the left. I'll go to the right. Whatever you want to do. But we just can't stay together. We've got too many animals. And Lot makes the decision. I'm going to go to the well-watered plain. And he goes to the Jordan. And Sodom and Gomorrah, they were kind of, um, say, what kind of cities were they? I don't know. Maybe Vegas and Wall Street combined. I don't know. And uh, it says, Behold, this was the sin of your Sister Sodom. Arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned, the Bible says in Ezekiel. And they did not help the poor and the needy. They were haughty. And they did detestable things before me, God says. You see, God sees sin. He saw Sodom. And He was bringing judgment on Sodom because of their sin. But God sees your sin. And again, all of us are sinners. Every one of us, Franklin Graham stands here at this microphone as sinner. And our sins separate us from God. And you may be here this morning and you may not know God's love. You may have never experienced His forgiveness and His salvation. God is wanting to forgive sin. He is a loving God, but He's also a just God. He's going to judge sin. But today He's willing to forgive sin. And He wants to forgive. He's eager to forgive. But He cannot forgive unless you come to Him and accept by faith. His salvation, His provision for your sin, His sacrifice for your sin, that was His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus came, He sent Him out of heaven to this earth on a rescue mission to save us from our sins he took our sins in our place when Jesus Christ hung on the cross he wasn't there for his sin it was our sins that he took to the cross he died in our place he shed his blood for you and for me and he was buried for our sins and on the third day God raised him to life and if you're willing to accept that by faith and to believe that this morning by faith God will forgive your sins and He'll heal your heart and I'll invite you in just a few moments to get up out of your seat and come stand in front of this platform. And we'll have a word of prayer together. And uh, if you came with friends, they'll wait on you. They won't leave you. Uh, but you come and uh, you get ready uh, to have your sins forgiven this morning. Sodom and Gomorrah, the had scientific achievement for their day. They had military power for their day. They had economic strength. And they sought sinful pleasure, and they live for themselves. They, they loved sin. They became sexually perverted. You know, our country today, we are sexually perverted. Who would have ever thought five years ago that uh, same-sex marriage would be legal in, in this country? And uh, we see this kind of thing taking place. They say 45% of, I think it was P- uh, Pew Research did this, and they did a survey about pornography. They estimated that over 45% of the men in pews on Sunday morning in America are addicted to pornography. Addicted to pornography. I don't want to just say something to you. It's men, listen, this is going to destroy your life. I'm not, I, I guarantee you there, there are many of you here this morning. You have that problem. It will destroy you. Uh, and... It seems to be so easy because everybody has a smartphone or everybody has a computer, an iPad or something, and that, that stuff is available. Uh, and people do it uh, privately and they don't think anybody sees or anybody knows, but God knows. He sees. And it will destroy your life. And I'm just here to tell you, God will forgive you this morning if you're willing to turn from that sin and believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God loves you. And He wants to forgive you. But you've got to come to Him through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. You see, the Bible says this pleasure of sin for a short time. It wasn't that Sodom and Gomorrah were too busy for God. They just did not want God at all in their life. And it's like our country today. We've seen that we've taken God out of our government. We've taken Him out of our schools. We've taken God... Out of a good part of society, and if you mention the name of Jesus Christ publicly, you you, you may get sued, and um, we see that happening all across the country as people get sued for mentioning or praying in the name of Jesus Christ. What have you put your trust in? Have you put your trust in social security? <laughs> well, good luck. Um, maybe you got a pension. Well. I hope it stays there. Um, A lot of pension funds have had problems. Well, we have Obamacare. Um, But some people say that may not last. Uh, You can put your money uh, in the bank, but I think today they may charge you for money going to the bank. Uh, I'm not sure they give you any interest anymore. Uh, But what do we put our trust in? What do we put our hope in? I can tell you, many people, we're coming to an election year. and that's always fun, and there's some politicians out there kind of, fun to watch them. Uh, I'm not going to support any of them. I have no hope in the Democrats, I can promise you that. I have no hope in the Republicans, I promise you that. I don't have any hope in the Tea Party. Uh, I tell you what, the only hope for this country is Almighty God. And that's our only hope. (laughs) Sodom and Gomorrah, they participated in sex perversion. And one of the last pitfalls a nation takes before judgment seems to be sex perversion. And it's usually found in affluent societies like the United States and like where we see in Europe today. And and Paul writes in Romans, They knew all the time that there is a God, yet they refused to acknowledge Him as such, or to thank Him as such, for to thank Him for what He is or does. They plunged their silly minds still further into the dark, behind a facade of wisdom, They became just fools. Therefore, God gave them up to be the plaything of their own foul desires, dishonoring their own bodies. God, therefore, handed them over to disgraceful passions, the Bible says. They engaged in sex acts that animals wouldn't do. They became guilty of sodomy, homosexuality. And God warns in the next verse, receiving in themselves the due penalty of their perversion. The Bible says, "...he who sins sexually sins against his own body." Lot was unhappy. He was, he had made a bad decision and, uh, he moved his family and all of his herds and all of his animals to the well-watered plain and then all of a sudden, uh, he gets captured and he takes off and Uncle Abraham saves him and he comes back and he moves into town this time. And, uh, and now this, this sex perversion and this wickedness is all around him and he's living and, and he's unhappy, he's miserable and he knows that it's not right. And these angels come and warn him. He was miserable. He knew better. He was Abraham's nephew. And many of you here this morning, you've been living in sin and you know better. And you know that it's wrong. And you know that judgment is coming. Well, you can escape God's judgment by coming to His Son, Jesus Christ. Trusting Him. The clouds of judgment were coming. These angels come. And the day of Armageddon was near. God's wrath was getting ready to be poured out. And the Bible says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming cruel, a day of wrath and fierce anger to make the land desolate and destroy the sinners within. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth in their wickedness. The Bible teaches that God's wrath is going to come for each and every one one day unless we have the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no hope outside of him. There's no way you can save yourself. There's no way you can protect yourself from God's judgment. The only way is through Christ. Christ is the one who took your sins. Muhammad didn't take your sins. Buddha didn't take your sins. It's only Jesus Christ. He took your sins and he died on the cross. The son-in-laws laughed at these angels. Lot's wife didn't even believe it. And the messengers, these two men of God, these angels, took Lot and said, flee to Zor, go to Zor, you'll be safe, but don't look back, don't, don't look back. Don't look back. When you come to Christ, you don't look back at your old sinful life. God will forgive you and cleanse you, but you don't go back to your sinful life. And Lot's wife turned And she glanced back. And the Bible says she turned into a pillar of salt. pillar of salt. God warned her, you don't look back. And when she looked back, God destroyed her. The wrath of God was poured out on Sodom and on Lot's wife. And Jesus said, remember, remember Lot's wife. Remember judgment. Why did you say this? Remember, she was the wife of Abraham's nephew. She lived in Abraham's tent. She has seen the power of God work many times, but remember her sin. It seemed so small, but it represented something much deeper than just that glance back. It represented unbelief over many years. It represented rebellion against God. God in His mercy was giving her another chance. Flee for your life. Don't look back, these angels warn. God is giving you another chance this morning. It's your choice. Remember, she was almost saved. She was almost at the gates of Zor. Almost saved. She was offered salvation. And she was almost so, so close. And she just glanced. And God's judgment fell upon her. She was almost saved. How about you? Are you saved? Are you sure? You say, well, Franklin, I think so. No, I ain't talking about thinking that. Do you know it? Are you sure are you confident that if you died today, God would welcome you into his presence and receive you with open arms? Remember, all of us have sinned. We're all guilty. Franklin Graham is guilty. I was 22 years old when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, and I asked God to forgive me. And that night when I prayed that prayer, I invited Christ to come into my heart, to take the pieces of my life. If He could just put it together and make sense out of it, He could have my life. He could have it. And that night, I gave my life to Christ. And that night, God forgave Franklin Graham. He'll forgive you this morning. If you've never done this, I want you to do that. I want you to get up and I want you to make your way to an aisle to come. Stand right here. We'll have a word of prayer. And by coming, you're saying to God, I'm a sinner. By coming to God this morning, you're saying to God, I'm sorry. By coming, you're saying to God, I believe Jesus Christ is your son. And I want to invite him to come into my heart to take control of my life. I want to live for him. Will you do that this morning? If you've never done it, I want you to do that. And there's some of you men here, you know, you've, been, you've been into pornography. And you need to ask God's forgiveness. And you need to turn from that. But you come this morning. You come. Come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come to Him. God loves you. God's willing to forgive you. But Let, let us all stand. And if God is leading you this morning, you get up and come. And we'll have a word of prayer. Come on. Come to Jesus.
0: Just as I am without one plea But that Thy blood was shed for me And that Thou bidst me come To Thee, O Land of God I come, I come oh, yes, Jesus Jesus take all of me And I run to
1: Sure, your sins are forgiven. We're going to be, wait just another moment. If you're not sure, you come. Okay? You're not coming to Franklin Graham. I can't save you. You're coming tonight to, or this morning to God and through faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. So come. We're going to wait just another minute. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, take hold of me. And
0: I run to you. I run to you, I lay everything at your feet, let my life...
1: Just another minute. Anybody else? I'll wait just another moment. Anyone else? This is a holy moment. Be praying for the person to your left and to your right, front and behind. That anyone else, you can experience forgiveness today. Come.
0: Anyone
1: else? I want to say a word to those of you now that have come. By coming, you're saying to God, I'm a sinner. You say, but Franklin, doesn't he know that? <laughs> yeah, he knows that. He just wants to hear you say it. And by coming this morning, you're saying to God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son, that he died for me in my place, for my sins, and that you raised him to life. I want to lead you in a prayer. And a prayer is just talking to God like I'm talking to you, okay? Okay. And if you'll just repeat this out loud after me. So let's pray. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. I want to turn from my sins. I believe Jesus Christ is your Son. I believe that He died for my sins. That you raised Him to life. I want to trust Him as my Savior and follow Him as my Lord from this day forever. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this special service from Calvary Albuquerque featuring our guest speaker, Franklin Graham. Were you challenged with what you heard? let us know. Email my story at calvaryabq.org, and just a reminder you can give financially to this work at calvaryabq.org/giving. Thank you for listening to this special message from Calvary Albuquerque.